Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Overwatch League is back! It's second, or no, it's third season now is officially in full effect. And uh, boy... It left a little bit to be desired. Well, maybe, maybe in some cases. We're going to talk about that here today on Checkpoint XP. Also coming up today, the Sonic movie is on the edge of release. I know because I watched Monday Night Raw and that's all they were advertising. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you guys, what is the necessary? What are your expectations for the Sonic movie? What do you have to see out of it? Plus... Rockstar, Dan Hauser has left Rockstar. What does this mean for the future of the Grand Theft Auto series? We're going to break it all down coming up today here on Checkpoint XP. But we start today with the Overwatch League. As I said, the third season is officially in effect. We have started home and away, well, home stand for Mm -hmm. home stand formats. Mm -hmm. And this has led to some really interesting problems. And I'm going to call them problems because they were production based problems. Every problem that the OWL had in its opening night made me sit there and grind my teeth. I love the production of the Overwatch League, but these were simple Simon problems that kept happening throughout the entirety of the first day. Yeah, and so what you're talking about is throughout the course of the broadcast... Y'all don't like Cheez-Its? Yeah, shut up! It's a mind crunch. Anyway. I almost, I almost bought a box of Cheez-Its to... Just subliminally. Just to bring out and throw at one of you mid-sentence and go, it's crunch time! Yeah, so what was happening is that the the advertising slates uh, would just pop up randomly um, during the broadcast, mostly during the breaks where you could tell either it wasn't macroed properly, so they would be hitting multiple buttons... And so it would bring up one screen and then drop it and bring up another one. And the poor, the poor casters would just be standing there waiting for their out from the floor producer. They would never get it. They would just stand there looking weird. But the biggest thing is that this stuff started happening during gameplay. Yes. It happened once during a game. Uh, But it was during crunch time. It was. was Kind of appropriate. But (laughs) but that is a, but Robbie, that is a production cardinal sin. I'm I'm aware. But this is also something that you fire the right guy and get the right professional in there, this is something that is correctable. No, no, no. See, I think that this is a way bigger problem. I think that this is emblematic of how thin the production team has been spread between the three operations that they now have to cover. You've got two different locations that the OWL is coming from. You've got the studio in Burbank that has the analyst desk. So you've not, that's three teams technically Four, that you have. Four, because you've got to count CDL. You, yes, we'll, get, we'll talk about Call of Duty League here in a minute, but they've siphoned off some of their production talent to go to CDL as well. So you have, I mean, at some point, you have to get the D team on on a show and unfortunately they assigned the D team to the opening of Overwatch League which is I think the wrong choice you needed your A team there but again this is something that is correct because one of two things happens either you don't correct it and you start losing these big sponsors or 
you fix it to keep them. This isn't something that they can let keep going on. Now, I I do want to spend a moment talking about the casters and the caster desk because I do want to give them credit throughout all of the production problems. They remained incredibly professional. They nailed it. I thought they were awesome. I'd also like to give credit to some of the new casting talent that we saw debut at the, uh, the, the Saturday Overwatch League games. I thought they did an incredible job. I think that the casting talent has improved over last season, and I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah, no, I know. I, I definitely have to agree with that. Uh, even uh, Jaws cast, who was new to you know working with Hexagram, they, they, they seemed to me like they had been working together for years upon years, you know, taking Sideshow and Bren from the analyst desk and putting them in the caster's booth was Which also is an a amazing significantly choice. better fit, yes. in my opinion, Agreed. because the dynamic between the two of them works so well, and I like hearing the banter between the two of them and not necessarily the rehearsed sort of planned stuff. So I've got a couple more gripes, but I'm going to save those because we got to talk about the actual games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, regardless of what happened production-wise, I don't think you could have asked for better games Absolutely of Overwatch not. that were played. Day one competition was so fierce. Even when you had the, the sort of unknown teams, you know, you had uh, the Los Angeles Valiant, which is almost an entirely unproven rookie roster, put Dallas in their place. Yeah. London Spitfire has been completely reworked from Tier 2 talent, went up against New York, and gave them probably one of the best runs for their money that I have ever seen. I don't know how Week 2 is going to top this. No, it's it's really good. And the thing is, is that you noticed that the sort of gap between the competition has has sort of shrunk a little bit. Now, now this could also be the result of not yet having a fully established meta. We saw a ton of different characters being used too. But to that point, if, you know, uh, Rolllock and, uh, not Rolllock, if Hero, Hero Pools, Pools yeah. is supposed to shake up the meta constantly, then I think this bodes well for the product, quote unquote, on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I I was impressed with what I saw. Uh, I was a little less impressed with the YouTube aspect of the whole presentation. They they lost a lot switching from Twitch to YouTube. See, that that is a big mistake because with Twitch, everything was was, uh, originated from one place. I think you have to be able to have it originate from one place because they lost about 10k viewers switching between the two streams. The minute, yeah, the minute they take down that stream to come from the second location, you lost. Lost about a third of your viewership, and I think that that's that's pretty significant. Um, so I think that they're going to have to reevaluate how they do that side of the presentation. But uh, all right, we got to change gears here and check out Checkpoint XP's close shave of the week. Stay close to the heat. Close shave Turn on Checkpoint XP. The very definition of a close shave is clutching out an entire round when your team has died. And that's exactly what Chris J did this week while taking on Navi in Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Hear him take on the entire other team and secure an early nomination for play of 2020. Rotating around, catches off Frozen. Becomes a much easier scenario now, and it's just Chris Palm in his hand, though. He can plant in this. He started that before the Molotov. In fact, Molotov's not going to reach him, and he might chase down at least get one. Good start. Aggressive. Finds out Flamey. Not done no there. Way. Sees the play no. on the tracks. He's actually got Simple down. We know this guy can ace. We saw it in New York. He's got it into a one-on-two. And he's actually sliding away. Oh. He's got another shot on Boomich. Is this guy up for the play of the decade already in 2020? He nearly got it in 2018. 
as Chris sneaks away. Electronic is found. He's baited him out. He's got the time in his favor. What an ace clutch this would be. He's got the bomb off the situation. Yo! And he's got Electronic down. Put it in for play of the year already. What a clutch from Chris. How impressive. Make sure you check out the Checkpoint XP close shave of the week over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. All right, let's take a look at the other side of the coin from Overwatch League. I am, of course, talking about their sister league, the Call of Duty League. They were in action in London over the weekend, and I have to say, I was pretty impressed in their second week of play. Yeah, the thing with the CDL is is that it's a, it's a more mature crowd. You yeah. know, they they cuss with with a, a creative flair um, <laughs> on the CDL streams, and I, I find that very interesting considering they're trying to court the sort of big sponsor and whatnot but but that's um, that's you know what that makes sense for the the demographic that exists around call of duty yeah Yeah. and and the product there's a lot of beards anyway um (laughs) the thing is is that the the actual gameplay coupled with that crowd in london really kind of made cdl must must watch tv i gotta say i gotta say i was feeling the hype i was feeling the hype through the screen that was a crowd that I am not used to seeing at esports, and all I want is more of it. You know, that's something that both the, I think the CDL and the OWL this year is really starting to turn some heads. A lot of the naysayers or people who were against the idea of these sort of franchise homestand crowds are realizing that, yeah, this actually can work. Not only can it work, especially, you know, it, I, I think Overwatch League is in a little bit better position to For say sure. that what they did worked. They did it in two different cities. They've gone to more cities. Yeah. Uh, than uh, uh, Call of Duty has so far. And also, London is a bit of a, a island onto itself. It has a, a you know, a well, viewership. It's literally an island. Well, but it has a viewership, not London. Oh, sorry, England. I was thinking. Get it together. But it has a viewership culture. Yes. It has a spectator culture. Yes. They have chants. They sing songs. They drink a lot of beer. Like that's. But a, that was my favorite part of the exactly. whole thing, is is hearing the chants and the songs. It, it, it had, the crowd had more in common with with a rugby or a soccer yes. crowd than it did with an esports crowd, and I want more so of that. Compare in that to what we saw in Minneapolis two weeks ago, where people were leaving before games were completed. Exactly, and that's sort of what I'm saying. Why CDL still has a lot to prove with, with yeah. their homestand model working. I think Overwatch has enough groundswell, has enough people who know what the league is all about to be able to tout that. But I think CDL still has a lot of work to do. But this is a very good start. Absolutely. And here's the thing. I'm glad that they went to London early and exposed the rest of the CDL fans to a crowd like that. I want every crowd that is going out to a CDL tournament in this season to try to mimic the London crowd. Be hyper than the London crowd. Be bigger than the London crowd. Be louder than the London crowd. I know it's a challenge, but I think that you can do it. And the thing is, is that if they are able to maintain that level of hype, I think that that does really elevate the league. Yeah, 100%. And speaking of the actual play, I think you definitely got to start looking at like the Chicago 
Chicago Huntsman as a team to oh, just fall in love with. Them. Absolutely. They're, they're such a good team. We got to leave the discussion right there, but we want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. What do you find more entertaining, Call of Duty or CSGO? Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, the Sonic movie is coming out, so we got to talk about our expectations. Plus, Rockstar has lost its CEO, Dan Hauser, and what does that mean for the future of the Grand Theft Auto franchise? Those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. Counter-Strike Go just set a brand new record. Esports news is next here on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest and most important esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we've got to talk about this Sonic movie that's coming out and, you know, try to get some of our expectations out there. Plus, I want to talk about some other games that might do well as, you know, Netflix series. Uh, And also, Dan Hauser has stepped away as the CEO of Rockstar Games. What does that mean for the future of Grand Theft Auto? We're going to find out here on Checkpoint XP. But first... Strike Global Offensive continues to set new records for itself. Okay, this that's pretty impressive. Week, yeah, it hit another new high for concurrent player count. Okay. Clocking in at 900,000 players all online at once. Now, CSGO went free to play back in December of 2018. At the time, that alone increased the player base by about 200,000. Uh, free to play is awesome, but I'm sorry I can't play a game in which I have to stop moving to shoot. Well, you know what? 900,000 people can. That's uh, true. Here's, whatever, man. Here's the thing. I am not impressed by a number like 900,000 for concurrent players on a video game. Not anymore. What? Not anymore. Not with not since games like World of Warcraft and Fortnite. MMOs, Fortnite. You know, they've pushed the threshold of like what is an actual online gaming community so high. I just I'm not I'll impressed tell you by what is impressive. The game is forty five years old, mate. <laughs> that is the only that's the only caveat that I'll give it. It's it's impressive for how long the game has been out to get nine hundred K at this point. But still, the overall number isn't impressive. I, I think the biggest thing to take away from it is that it's not a casual game. You don't just pick it up and, you know, put it down five minutes later. 900,000 people playing concurrently for a game that has matches that last maybe an hour and a half. I think you have to see it as like, yeah, if it was a little bit easier to get into, it may be 2 million, 3 million. But 900,000 is still a big number, man. Well, let's see if this next number impresses Nate. According to esports charts, the top three most watched esports of 2019 
were League of Legends, Dota 2, and CSGO. League of Legends clocked in at 478 million hours watched. CSGO had 284 million hours watched. And Dota 2... 282 million. Now, Overwatch came in at fourth, but only with 81 million. Now, that is an impressive statistic because over the weekend, I was trying to watch the Counter Strike Global Offensive Tournament on oh, ESL. Honey. <laughs> it put me to sleep within minutes. I mean, not even a full round well, went well, by, the, the, and uh, I was sawing logs. A single map is like. 60 rounds or something, isn't it? On the same map. Listen, it can last forever. It lasts what feels like an eternity. So I, it's impressive to me that 478 million hours could have been watched. You know what it is? If they were conscious. It's, I think most that, of those exactly. people are sleeping. Yep, perfect. Right there. You got it. <laughs> When it comes to League of Legends, there's no one better than Faker, star player of SK Telecom T1. He was quoted recently saying, I think that as a professional esports player, practicing and competing in games every single day is not that great. He goes on to explain, that's why I'm participating in many extra activities. I don't think those would distract from my practicing time. I try to think those activities would broaden my perspective, which ultimately helps me focus this on This is games. the esports version of practice? <laughs> we talk about practice, not a game, right? but practice. I, I, listen, I I think that this is important to be able to broaden your horizons and, uh, you know, have interest in multiple things outside of just the game that you're playing competitively to earn. No, totally. I think it's really smart. And I think it's good for somebody like Faker to say something like this because Mm -hmm. he's being looked at as sort of a bellwether for the rest of the industry. I think it's awesome that he has other interests and maybe hopefully it could give the rest of esports athletes some charisma and something to talk about. Listen, I, I, I think that you're absolutely right. This is is important to come from Faker, but what I think is even more important is that he's talking about not just playing other video games, but having other interests. Yes. That is important. Where's the Faker album coming? It's, it's, <laughs> it's important to being a well-rounded person. So thank you, Faker. After weeks in limbo, the visa issues that were holding up Team Liquid jungler Broxa from joining his team have been resolved. Thank now, God. now, another esports player is facing similar issues. Oh, no. Lulsish, main tank for the Washington Justice, is being held up because of, you guessed it, visa issues. We asked immigration lawyer Jeannie Doy from ESG Law if we should continue to expect visa issues like this in the esports space. Oh, absolutely. Just expect the visa delays to continue to happen. Um, it's really sad for the fans, for the teams, for the, the players, um, but it's really totally outside of anyone's control aside from the government. Yeah. The, when we sat down with Jeannie, she uh, really kind of helped expose uh, a lot of these, you know, friction points that, you know, people who are international esports stars that are trying to compete here in the U.S. are facing. And the interesting thing about this is that it's not just esports talent that's facing this. Traditional sports is now also being faced with these issues. And these are really a result of government policy. Something fans of Overwatch have been clamoring after for now nearly three seasons is finally on its way. One of the biggest aspects of traditional sports that fans have debated over for as long as anyone can remember is stats. Overwatch has announced its new official stats lab is on the way and fans will have access to more than they know what to do with, including some special stats created based on unique players' performance, such as the Fleta Deadlift, which is what it's called when a single player has more than half the killing blows of their entire team in a single I'm, match. I'm here for this because, you know, it, baseball is another very stat-heavy uh, sport and you always talk about stuff like gold gloves, 
triple crowns, all these types of things that athletes are able to earn and achieve. And I think this is a way that we'll be able to recognize how good some of these players are without necessarily having to, you know, depend on what we're seeing specifically with just our eyes. You know what blows my mind about things like this is how was this not set up earlier? You have access to all of these different forms of analytics by virtue that you're playing software. Well, but I think I think also you're not using software to analyze a performance. The performance is happening in the software itself. Well, I think because you also have to pinpoint what it is that you want to highlight. Fair. So I think you have to get to a point where you're seeing how the league is shaping up and then you say, OK, we want to highlight this these 15 criteria by the way how cool is it for fleta to now have like an official like forever that'll Uh be known as the fleta deadlift it'll never be known by another name like that's so cool that's really cool Uh, yet another esports scene has been affected by the coronavirus outbreak a vast majority Mm. of the esports and video game industry in china has been affected and in some cases shut down because of the outbreak now, the PUBG Corp has postponed the Berlin event for the PUBG Global Series through April for the same reason. And, and this is already a, a esports scene that has been ailing for a while. Uh, I mean, even its its inaugural season did not go as planned. Um, I, this is a bummer. This yeah. is a really big bummer. But at the same time, you know, you, you got to do these sorts of things. I'm not poo-pooing any esports Absolutely. official or tournament organizer for canceling events. You got to think about the health of your players and, and your staff first and foremost. Well said. That's all for the Checkpoint XP eSports update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. The DBZ Grand Finals went down in Paris over the weekend. There was some incredible action. Norris, as our resident FGC expert, the floor is yours. Yeah, so DBZ is a a, a game that, you know, uh, people have been kind of wondering, like, where is... You know, the big tournaments where the big things going on with it. So we reached this year end or season's end tournament, which is the World Tour, went down in Paris and a very familiar face ended up taking the chip. Goichi, one of the literally probably at this point, we could say unequivocally the best Dragon Ball fighter player in the world. I, I think that that's pretty safe to say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I listen, what is really interesting about this is how the developer is trying to kind of make its own scene instead of trying to glom onto something like Evo, which is, I think, smart. We've seen the Evo lineup change drastically within the last three years, so I think maybe pinning yourself to a tournament like Evo... Capcom is the only other one that does it, right? Well, I mean, they all are going to be at EVO still, sure. but very few of them now have their sort of individual grand final. That's yes. Yeah, yes. at EVO itself. It's, not, it's Evo, a part of your tournament. Right. EVO, it's a part of your tournament circuit as opposed to being the marquee event where all mm-hmm. the big matchups happen. Yeah, so Robbie, you alluded to stuff like Capcom Cup, Tekken has right, a world yeah, finals yeah. now. Mortal Kombat has a world finals, which is now the only way you're going to be able to watch Mortal Kombat professionally at this point. Um, That's sad. But. Uh, with that said, you know, a lot of heavy hitters were knocked out of the tournament fairly early at Dragon Ball. Uh, How did our boy Sonic Fox do? He got knocked out in pools, unfortunately. No! Yes. What? He was knocked out in pools. I man. feel he's, he has been spreading out to other games, so I feel like he's not very focused at the moment. I mean, it, you know, I think Dragon Ball is a game that he really wants to focus on, especially now it's going to be the only game that he'll be able to play at Evo because Mortal Kombat won't he be there. He played like three or four different ones last year, Yeah, he? he did. So I, I really 
I really see him focusing on Dragon Ball in the lead up to Evo now. But uh, unfortunately, he and Apology Man and others were gone. Oh, I'm but sorry. they announced Kefla, so I'm excited. Oh, that's exciting, I guess. Yes. Who's Kefla? Isn't that the key Pokemon? No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I don't know any of these new Dragon Ball characters. Dragon Ball Super. Okay. She's great. All right. I'll, I have to take your She's word She's a lady it. saying. Good. We need more of those. Anyway, <laughs> we want to hear from you. How do you feel about a new lady saying being added to Dragon Ball Fighter Z? Connect with us on social media. Dragon Ball Fighters. Whatever. <laughs> Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, Dan Hauser is stepping away as the CEO of Rockstar. That means a big creative force is exiting from Rockstar. So what does that mean for the future of the Grand Theft Auto series? That conversation still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, the Sonic movie is coming out it is finally going to be here so what are your expectations yeah i gotta go fast for the sonic the hedgehog movie stick around that conversation is ahead next on checkpoint xp this is checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio checkpointxp.com the sonic movie is coming out pretty soon uh. And we're all going to see it as an experiment for this show. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1360 WSAI in Cincinnati, Ohio, as well as Talk Radio 1360 KKBJ in Bemidji, Minnesota. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcasts, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. And I also want to tell you about a brand new show that we have at CheckpointXP.com called The Owl's Nest. Robbie, right. Robbie, tell us a little bit about The Owl's Nest. So The Owl's Nest is all about bringing you the latest headlines and stories from the Overwatch League. But it's not just my opinion you're getting. We also have Jake Lyon, former Overwatch pro for the Houston Outlaws turned caster. Yes. Also joins me every week. So make sure you check that out. Episode one is out now at CheckpointXP.com. So the Sonic movie is, uh, it's almost here, guys. It's around the corner. And I mean, this movie has had a journey. Going from being the butt of every internet joke to having a minor character redesign that that cost millions of dollars. And also got all of the goodwill back to the movie. And we as gamers, it is incumbent upon us now to pay that back. A movie studio actually said, look guys, we hear what you're saying. It looks terrible. We're going to stay true to the source material. And we as gamers owe it to them now to give them a shot. No, they should have listened to the clamoring masses that wanted this movie. Oh, I forgot. No, it was no one. (laughs) No one asked for this movie. And yet everyone's going to go to see it. No, no, absolutely not. I am not under any circumstances spending money to watch this film. Look, I think uh, uh, different than Detective Pikachu, right? uh, Going into into Detective Pikachu, I thought, okay, this is at least going to be a serviceable kids movie, right? I don't have that with Sonic. Why? No, it, explain to me no what is gu- the, explain to me the enriching world of Sonic. There's just no guarantee that it's going to be even a good kids movie. Is it going to be passable? I don't even know. The what? very first question I have to ask around the room. 
after the redesign, did it make you more likely or less likely to go and check out the movie? It moved the needle not one inch for me. Yeah, I didn't. Zero? I, nah, not really. I thought the teeth was the most unsettling part to the old design. And it, I mean, it got better. Like, I'm not saying that the new design isn't better, uh, but I wasn't going to go see this movie to begin with. Now I have to. Yep. Now I'm obligated to because we have to talk about it on this show. And that doesn't exactly make me happy because most of my new movie consumption happens strictly on planes. Well, was the person that killed the child inside of you? Because that's what's happened. Are here. you not even Neither excited? Neither of you to have a child within yeah. you. You guys aren't excited for Jim Carrey at all. Like, no. the re- absolutely this is- not. What? No. The return of Jim Carrey after how many no, years? I much prefer Henri Old Conroo Jim Carrey. I like that Jim Carrey. I like the Jim Carrey that shows up at the Oscars and say, "Yo, this is all pointless, and I hate all of you." I like that Jim Carrey. This is not the Jim Carrey I'm getting. Just a side note, the child inside of me died August 18th, 2006. So uh, there's no way that that's that's ever coming back. Oddly specific date. Uh, So what do you need to see from the (laughs) Sonic movie to make it a passable film? Uh, Honestly, from what I've seen of the previews so far... It feels like they got whatever the character of Sonic is correct. And and to me, going into any movies like this, that's what you have to do. Don't try to recreate the game experience on film because A, it's never worked. And B, the game experience for Sonic is just running from left to right as fast as you can. Right. So, I mean, so long... Like Weirdbeard said, this is a kid's film. So long as some of the jokes land and I feel like I'm having fun... I don't think it's that hard, that that high of a bar for it to hit. If I chuckle once, I'm going to be impressed. Oh, okay. I'm, right. I'm not saying that it's that makes it a good movie. I'm just going to be impressed. Right, first of all, it's not going to be a good movie. If you're going into a Sonic movie or, or any sort of video game movie, hoping for high art in, in for Joaquin Phoenix to show nope, up and win you an that's Oscar. Not, that's, that's not, not what, what he said. But, but that's what? not what he said. Hang because on. I would call the Fast and Furious movies good movies because I, go, I get what I want to get from them, which is stupidity. All right. We're going to talk about the high art of uh, video game adaptations here in just a second. But now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. The high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio. This week's Nailed It comes to us from the Call of Duty League. Crim 6 of the Dallas Empire gave one of the best post-game interviews after taking down the London Royal Ravens. London, they made you work for it, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, that was a crazy series. Uh, I, I sort of had a more passion for London than anyone else because... Shout out to that one fan on Thursday that I walked out. He goes, yo, bro, can I get a picture? And then he said, yo, London was shitting on you guys in scrims. And when I heard that, I was like, I want to beat them bad. So, I mean, that's just what happened. I w- that should have been a 5-0, honestly. To be fair, I did actually see them shitting on you in scrims, to use your words, because I was backstage. And to be honest, I was worried for you. So what really motivated that performance then? Uh, on <laughs> T2P. Well, hopefully we play them next. You want to play Huntsman? Why not Paris? Well, I mean, I would love to play Paris, but where's the fun in that? Uh, well, what did you think of this London crowd? Because we know what they think of you, C6. I think they secretly love me, just like Raiden. Now, that's what I love to hear from a post-game interview in eSports. More of this. Stick around, because next hour we're going to find out who failed it, and as always, find Nailed It and Failed It over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. 
This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and Gaming Radio. Robbie, you made a point just a minute ago that I shouldn't expect anything except a kid's movie out of the Sonic movie. But the thing is, is that we've seen this Witcher adaptation on Netflix. We've also seen the Castlevania uh, uh, project on Netflix as well do very, very sure, well. Sure. And so are there other games that deserve the Netflix treatment that would be better served as a series or, or taking it much more seriously than they're obviously taking the Sonic movie. Well, it's funny that you ask because I happen to have a uh, such list here from Screen Rant of a few that probably would. All right, let's uh, throw a few out there. What do you think of The Legend of Zelda getting the Witcher treatment? Yeah. Yeah. Link doesn't talk. Yeah, that's my problem. I think that the second you turn Link, like you give him lines, he becomes a different character. I don't know that I want to see that. Excuse me, princess. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> All, All right, right, give me another one. Resident Evil. No. No. See, now, why? Because you guys are thinking of the movies, right? But I think that if you get a creative team that stays true to the series, to what Resident Evil is supposed to be and has the because same passion that the Witcher creators did, what is, I think no, that no, no, Resident no, but Evil look at film, Look at what happened to The Walking Dead that's exactly after a number of seasons. Yeah, exactly. Zombies is boring, bro. W- one more. The Last of Us. Yes, mm-hmm. same t- for the same reason as The Walking Dead. I, I don't think uh, you could. So put you the best, limit it. Don't no, take it into you could nine put the seasons. best actors in the world. If you put them in front of zombies, it's going to be hard to digest for four seasons. I, no, see, that's the thing. It's got to be limited run. It's got to be like a mini series. That's okay. Because cool The Walking that. Dead didn't go downhill to about five or six. If you just stopped at three or four, it'd have been perfect. Yeah, as soon as you feel like you're starting to stretch. Anyway, all right. Well, listen, we want to hear from you. What do you think is a game that deserves? the Netflix Witcher treatment. Mass Effect. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update. That's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date Calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. Starting in the Overwatch League, we've got another homestand going down this weekend. The Philadelphia Fusion will be welcoming the Washington Justice, Houston Outlaws, and Florida Mayhem to town. Turning our attention to the spring split of the League of Legends LCS, we've got a stacked weekend of matches. Monday Night League this week has FlyQuest taking on 100 Thieves and Evil Geniuses versus Cloud9. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. And that same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Smash players from all over the country to beautiful Detroit, Michigan. The last weekend in February marks IEM Katowice. In addition to StarCraft II, the tournament also marks the first ESL major of 2020 for Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And as we look towards March, all eyes are on ESL 1 Los Angeles, marking the first Dota ESL major of the year. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Dan Hauser is about to step down as the head of creative at Rockstar. And if you need a little explanation of that, that means the head in charge of both Red Dead Redemption and the Grand Theft Auto series 
is exiting. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity. Plus, we've got a bunch of designs inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. Make sure you go check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. Dan Hauser, the head of creative and one of the two heads over at Rockstar, He's been there for 20 years and has overseen and been the writer on some of the largest projects in the company's history, including all of the Grand Theft Auto games and the two Red Dead Redemption games. It has been announced. I mean, really, it came out in a filing with the SEC that Dan Hauser, as of March, will no longer serve as that head of creative role. And this is a massive departure. Just to give a little bit of context, everybody knows Grand Theft Auto at this point, but Grand Theft Auto V is the most successful single piece of content ever created in media history. Yes, it is bigger than any singular movie or television show. Album, Yes, exactly. It has grossed more money than any singular project. And a a lot of that is on the back of, you know, things like GTA Online Mm -hmm. and renewed interest in Grand Theft Auto V because of the uh, GTA roleplay. But there's something really important here because, you know, Grand Theft Auto has been one of those kind of like standards in gaming. First game that I got on the PlayStation 3. It was one of the first games that I ever got on the PlayStation 2. And it's been hugely divisive in our culture. There Mm -hmm. have been many flashpoints around Grand Theft Auto, whether it has been concerns over the violent or sexual content in the games, the hot coffee mod. Mm -hmm. I mean, throughout gaming's history... Grand Theft Auto has always kind of been a flashpoint, and and that's been underscored in a lot of ways by the actual story that is involved with Grand Theft Auto and some of the satire that plays out through the Grand Theft Auto games. And I think, listen, guys, I I think that Dan Hauser's departure is really kind of like a, the first canary in the coal mine for the future of the Grand Theft Auto series is I think that this is a game series that doesn't know how to be in 2020. You know, we've had these huge cultural flashpoints around, you know, Me Too and, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, the cancel culture and uh, PC, you know, political correctness, all of these things that are big concerns to the way that media is created. And I think Dan Hauser's exit kind of is is him his way of kind of saying yeah you know what i don't know that i can make a game that can succeed in 2020 so i'm not even gonna try i mean i don't necessarily know if it's it's emblematic of that per se but i do think gta has an issue and it does need to think about what its next steps are because we haven't seen any indication that you know we know what the next gta could be about however what i will say is you have to also look at just how successful GTA 5 is. Yeah. And they have to. Why would we make a new GTA right now? 
Plenty of people are playing GTA 5. Most people have bought it twice on both the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. The community is healthy, consistently one of the number, you know, top five, top six games watched on Twitch. The RP community is healthy. People are still spending money on this game. Why bifurcate the audience? I actually think that they have more to lose by coming out with a new game, pissing off half of their audience, and having that ruin what is Grand Theft Auto 5 or the games that have come before that. We've seen that happen. Yeah. We've seen that ha- happen multiple times. So I think that there is a certain degree of fear around releasing the next Grand Theft Auto game. And I don't know if the same humor that was brought to previous Grand Theft Auto games would fly in 2020. Well, guys, I don't think that you can deny Destiny, unfortunately. You know, video game companies eventually get to this point where they've been on top of the mountain for so long that eventually they do fall. We saw it with Konami. We've seen it with Square Enix. Blizzard is going through well, it right I mean, now. Literally, there's Rockstar no, is next. There's, no, there's nowhere for Rockstar to go but down. Like, at this point, you can't have a game that's successful and then the game after that is also the most successful piece of content, you know, ever created. You can it, only it's, do it's that if you're happen. a Marvel movie. Yeah, no, but seriously, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And I think the thing with Dan Hauser is is only emblematic of the fact that he feels that he has taken the company as far as it can go. And I'm sorry, I'd rather go out on a high note. I'd rather go out at the top knowing that I was the guy in charge when GTA 5 was created as opposed to what will inevitably come after. So if Grand Theft Auto ended at 5, you would be okay with that? I mean, I would love a new Grand Theft Auto, of course, but I don't know if they can make one better than what we have. Well, okay. that doesn't mean they're That's not going to make one, unfortunately. Yeah. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. We're currently talking about Dan Hauser's departure from Rockstar. And this actually, you're kind of hitting on something really interesting, something that I like to theory craft about and talk about all the time, which is what should the next Grand Theft Auto game be about? Look, like, they're going to bring it... in, they're going to bring somebody young and upcoming, you know, some young developer that thinks they have the next hot take. And they're going to do something, something that that the Call of Duty series tried to do. I think they're going to sort of shoot for the moon, literally. I think they're going to set it too far in the future, go for like a sci-fi oh, take, and it's going to crash and burn. Oh no, come so on! This is not Saints That's Row. Stupid. That's Saints Row. That's what That's Saints, Row does. Saints Row. I think they did that in four at yeah, some point. Yeah, it was aliens. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. in space, but it was aliens. It was close enough. But that's something that Saints Row would do. I don't think that that's in GTA's wheelhouse. What I think, and what I've always wanted Grand Theft Auto to do, because we've been in this triumvirate of cities since the PlayStation Two era. Especially New York, Miami, and L.A. Exactly. I want them to break that triumvirate and go to Carson City, which is Grand Theft Auto's version of the Midwest. That's what I think. That's that's. Uh, listen, being a Midwesterner growing up in Detroit, I I think that there is a lot to here's, work with but here. Here's why that works, though, and here's why that would be exciting, is because the Midwest... As we've seen from elections past, as we've seen from, you know, the public discourse, the Midwest is a place where the quote unquote culture war is happening. It's taking place at the ground level. So you got a still very sort of more conservative suburban areas with your super duper liberal uh, inner cities and, and population centers. 
And I think that's where you can set it because you have enough culture there in order to make something it's interesting. incredibly fertile ground. And, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a pastiche of a whole bunch of different media all kind of thrown together in one big crock pot. Grand Theft Auto 5, you can argue you had elements of... Uh, uh, you had, like, tech startup yeah, culture. Yeah. Uh, L.A., like, you know, selfie culture. Uh, I'm trying to think of the the, the show show about meth that was on it. The Breaking Bad. Oh, Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Breaking yep. Bad was a significant part of that stew. And I think, listen, if you set a Grand Theft Auto game in the Midwest, you can let things like Fargo, Fargo be a big part of that stew. Yeah. I think that, that like there's enough that you can play with in media that has been set in the Midwest to give you a, a kind of a baseline to establish from and riff off of that. And that's what I really hope to see out of the next Grand Theft Auto game. Although, if rumors are to be believed, we're going back to Vice City. Uh, anyway, listen, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Let us know what you hope for in the next Grand Theft Auto game. Coming up in the next hour of Checkpoint XP, a mother has been reunited with her deceased daughter through VR, making us all wonder, is this really something that we need to be doing? Uh, but at next, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. You'll never guess which developer has more than doubled their prices on Steam. Gaming news is next here on Checkpoint XP. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Checkpoint Reach. That's right. It's another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, we're going to get a League of Legends update with producer Joe. Plus, what happens when you try to introduce your significant other to some of your favorite games? Plus, you know, Weird Beard's got this weird thing about Animal Crossing. We're going to find out all about it. He's going to go nuclear, I think. Uh, that's all coming up here on Checkpoint XP. But first... Gaming News Update with Joe Sloan. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. CheckpointXP.com 12 years ago, a series debuted on the internet known as Dragon Ball Z Abridged, a show where content creators chopped up episodes of the popular anime, voiced over them with absurd jokes and voices, and put out their own parodied version of the show. As of this past week, Dragon Ball Z Abridged has finally come to an end. No! This sucks. I mean, you know what? I, I get it. Abridged has been a part of, like, so many people's internet life. It's true. For the better part of the decade. It, it, it's, so, it yeah. started the whole genre. I mean, there are so many abridged series yeah. that exist out there. You know, not just from this one, you know, creative group of people, but from so many other groups of creative people. Um, I, this, I think that this is really, this is really a bummer. The reason that they decided to stop doing it is that they were kind of bored. 
Like they didn't want to do that, one more time to stop. Doing exactly, it. go out on a high note. Uh, and and they their last uh, series was the Cell series. So I mean, Swartoriyama wanted to exactly. Stop yeah. So I I get it. I totally understand. I've also been a part of creative projects that long and can understand how you burn out on it. Um, much respect to these guys. I have long respected their humor. We've even used sound clips from DBZ Abridged as a part of this very show. So. Hats off, salutes all to you guys. You guys did a fantastic job at uh, DBZ Abridged. How far the mighty have truly fallen. EA and Bioware have been through the ringer the past few years and past few games for sure. But how bad has it really gotten? Anthem still hasn't taken down their in-game Christmas decorations. Ah! It's gotten that bad. And if there was any argument as to whether or not this game has been abandoned... I think this ends it. Listen. Well, okay, so it hasn't been fully abandoned because EA wow. also came out this week and said that they were going to go back to the drawing board with Anthem and try to create something what that a capitulation. is... I know, that is at least a little bit more uh, appealing. Mm. The thing is, is I don't know if they have the capacity to be able to do this. We've seen other games do this. Like, Elder Scrolls Online came out, got a poor reception. They, you know, revamped, revamped it. Even No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Final, Final Fantasy XIV was another one so i think that they're 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 gonna try to do it i think ea though is going to spectacularly screw this let me tell you something different about all those games though all those games were either looked at very fondly or had a strong enough base to where people you know wanted to see the developer redo them I don't I know one person that likes Anthem and they listen to this show. Yeah. Like that's the only person I know that thinks Anthem is a good game. Yeah, I, I don't know where they where they take it from here. I honestly don't. The genius mind behind Super Smash Brothers, developer Masahiro Sakurai, the same guy who worked in secret and alone on Fire Emblem character Byleth has came out and said he thinks there are too many Fire Emblem characters in the game. Okay. <laughs> he also agreed with fans who think there are too many sword users. Sakurai, are you not the best person to advocate against, you know, less Fire Emblem and sword users? Of which, by the way, Byleth is both. Uh, yeah. This I mean, Byleth is only kind of a sword Well, user. still. But... I- who better? Who is in a better position to influence which characters get into you. Smash? But we don't know like what directives he gets from on high we from don't. Nintendo. We don't. And from for as big as Three Houses was, it was a bigger game than I think anybody anticipated. Even Nintendo, I think they were like, "Oh God, uh, put somebody from Three Houses up there." But I would have rather them they pick one of the waifus or something like that <laughs> than than Byleth. Like that would have been way cooler to. I mean, like, put Petra in there. Oh, Petra's Petra great. great. Yeah. In the race to world first. There, there we go. go. Has finally claimed the first kill on Mythic Difficulty, Nazoth the Corrupter. The past two raid tiers, I like how he can't say English, but Nazoth, Nazoth the Corrupter, the Corrupter just, is just, like, second nature. It's the language of the old gods. <laughs> the past two raid tiers were claimed by Method, a European guild, but finally, a North American guild sits at the top of the throne. Yeah. Congrats to Complexity Limit for being able to take the first kill amid all the hot fixes and bugs they encountered. And something really interesting about this, too, is that their raid leader, this is the first time this has happened in, in, in the World First Raid or race, wasn't actually in the raid. He served as in, in more of like a coaching fashion. Wow, that's cool. Watching other people's feeds and doing the call-outs, but wasn't actually participating in the game. So now this is someone who was previously 
actually playing yes. a position mm-hmm. in the guild. You know, and, and just and turned into an offensive coordinator. What, what yeah. is? I think I think that this is really cool and may signal a change in the way that you know competitive MMO rating is done because I think that this is really smart. If you have someone whose only responsibility it is to make callouts and to make tactical decisions, you are absolutely going to have a leg up over your Y'all competition. The biggest point. The biggest point here is America. Okay. <laughs> Period. Bad guy electronics art art is added again. There was a time when we kind of praised EA for finally allowing their games to be sold on a storefront that wasn't Origins. But apparently yeah, that was just a step in their nefarious plan. <laughs> Prices on Steam have doubled for some of their older games in a price hike that's happened just about everywhere except the U.S., They've uh, uh, risen in Russia, Canada, Brazil, among other countries that have been affected. And some games, such as like like Mass Effect Two, doubled the price now. Well, you know why? Once again, you know why? America. Woo! You know why though? It's because everyone praises Mass Effect Two for its quality, yep. so they know that there are going to be people out there that are going to pay it. Yeah. And on top of that, we don't know if this was sort of a pre- previous sort of contractual or content agreement between be. Steam and EA that is now run its course. Here's what's messed up about this, though, is that if you still had a strong secondary market like you would if GameStop was still running the way that it was 10 years ago, there would be no way you would be able to do this and do it effectively because then people have the choice to go somewhere else and buy it for cheaper. The fact that digital marketplaces have a lock on their price like this, I think that this should raise way more red flags than it already is. The past decade has been the time for reboots, revivals, and adaptations. Jumpstart Games and Beach House Pictures are trying to do all three with their latest project. In 1999 and throughout the early 2000s, there was a wildly popular kid-friendly virtual pet website that is now looking to launch an animated series. That's right. Get ready for Neopets, the TV show. Stop it. No. Stop it. There are no children who would even remember what this is. Fresh slate. No, that's not a good idea. Well, that's what they're running with. And that's it for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. In celebration of Black History Month, we here at Checkpoint XP are highlighting African Americans in the world of gaming and esports, making an impact at all levels. We got to sit down with Tyrell Appleton, a coach, streamer, personality, and more. He's the program director at New England College's esports program, as well as a brand ambassador for Unicorns of Love. And we got to ask him... As a black streamer, what sort of community do you like to build? For me, it's the building all communities and bridging any gaps, you know, and just really being a voice for all communities that don't have a voice, especially in the black community where there is a lack of diversity in, in esports. So it's continuing to show people like, hey, like there are good qualified people out there that deserve to be in in a position to help you know any esports company grow and and be leaders in this space because there's a i feel like there's a seat for everyone i i i gotta agree with this there is absolutely a seat for everyone and i love hearing this perspective you know out there in the uh, world of video games and esports yeah most definitely and we also talked to him about you know what can games do to improve diversity what can game companies and esports companies do to improve their diversity and uh, this is what Tyro had to say just hire good people that have good values that are dedicated respectful open-minded like 
all that gender and color stuff doesn't matter. Like, uh, and I understand in some places geographically, it may be hard to do that, but you can hire remotely. You know, that that is an option. And that's what I love about esports because it breaks the barriers in business and then what those traditions look like. So there's really no excuse for any company not to offer an equal opportunity for anyone. And I think that's a great point, man. You've got to have those opportunities that exist out there in the world of esports and video games, the video game industry uh, proper, uh, for us to be able to, you know, continue to grow. And I think the biggest thing here is that now that he's right, the geography aspect of not being able to have a diverse workforce is gone. You especially, yes, especially in digital environments. Yes, you don't need to be, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in Texas or Arkansas or Iowa. That that nullifies the internet has nullified that sort of argument. So I love hearing that from somebody who is in a position of power who can help you know change sort of the culture around not just esports but about video games yeah. and their community and I really commend Tyrell for everything that he's doing and uh, I loved talking to him. Yeah absolutely find our full conversation with Tyrell Appleton program director at New England College as well as a brand ambassador for Unicorns of Love over at our website CheckpointXP.com Listen, we want to hear from you. Connect with us on social media. That's CheckpointXP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Still ahead on CheckpointXP, listen, there was a very weird Korean TV show that reunited a mother with her daughter, except her daughter had died at a very young age. It's really weird application of technology and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Plus, we've got to talk about this Animal Crossing thing because I think Weird Beard is just going to explode if we don't. Just buy another Switch. Those conversations are coming up here on Checkpoint XP. But uh, next, we're going to get a League of Legends update with producer Joe and uh, ask you, uh, because of Valentine's Day, what has happened when you tried to introduce your significant other to your favorite game? Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. We're going to check in on League of Legends here in just a moment on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Attention all racing fans. I like to use my big voice when I do that. The WGN Forza Motorsports 7 Championship is being held on February 23rd at the Canadian International Auto Show in Toronto. If you haven't qualified yet, you still have time. Live qualifiers will be held in Toronto with the eight fastest racers getting a shot at the $20,000 prize pool. It all happens at the Canadian International Auto Show running February 14th through the 23rd at the Metro Toronto Convention Center. Get your tickets today at autoshow.ca. And for more info on the WGN Forza Motorsports 7 Championship, head on over to worldgaming.com. I'm going to be there. Yeah, Norris is going to be there. You're going to be able to meet your boy Norris. Make sure you check it out. Again, that's uh, February 14th through the 23rd. Worldgaming.com for more info. Let's talk about League of Legends. And joining us to talk about League of Legends... Oh my god, it's Joe! 
Joe, how you doing, Joe? I never get tired of that. <laughs> you should I do. You shouldn't because no one else gets their own specialized True. custom intro here on this show. Uh, welcome back. So let's talk about League of Legends. Uh, tough week for Team Liquid. I say it depends on who you're a fan of. It, it could have been a great week. Yeah, no, that, that's true. Uh, we're seeing a lot of shakeup from last year and who were the leading and dominant teams from last year to this year. Team Liquid is really having a tough go. My question to you is, can we stop laying Team Liquid's problems at the feet of Shurnfire? Like, that, to me, is the biggest problem here because it seems like there is a bigger problem than just this one position. Well, I have some thoughts on that, but Norris is looking like he's about ready to jump across the table, so I'm going to let you start listen, on this one, Listen, listen. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Gold, first of all, Golden Guardians, who they played against on Monday Night League, is a lower tier team, and I'm being very nice, right? They they're have improved. Not, they've they've improved. improved. They're not a good team. No, but they're, they're not. not a good team. They're definitely right? not in that top team four Liquid, discussion. Team Liquid has four out of their five positions filled by all LCS team members, okay? All-stars, some of the greatest of all time. The greatest bot lane of LCS of all time is in that team right now. And I'm sorry if I see Double Lift pick Senna one more time. I'm through with this team. I'm through with them. They don't deserve to go to the playoffs. They don't deserve to go back to Worlds. They don't deserve to represent LCS if this is the quality of play we're going to get. Flat out. Yeah. Flat out. I mean, Liquid hasn't done themselves any favors at this point. It, it, it is absolutely infuriating to watch. I mean, picture a scenario, will you, where Double Lift is the worst performing AD carry in North America. Oh, wait, you don't have to picture it. We're living that experience right now. So, you know, we talked about uh, Brox's visa issues getting resolved in the last hour. No, that's what I'm saying, though, is that for weeks we've been hearing, well, this isn't the real Team Liquid. They're still missing their coach in Broxa. I think that that excuse has fully run out, and there's a bigger problem than just, again, this one position. At at this point, you got to look at the coach. Because Double Lift has not won a game using Senna this season. Yeah. Period. They haven't won. He's played her in three of six games, and they've lost all three. They lost all three. At some point, as a coach, I don't care if he's the Jordan of the LCS. I don't care. I, as a coach, you have to go, you're not playing Senna. Period. Period. Yeah, at some point, it is on you to say, listen, we got to pick something else to try something else. I don't care if Caitlyn's not meta right now. You know, find some... Tr- Hey, Kaisa, she's never, meta? she's not banned. Exactly. So what is meta isn't working for you. So you have to mix it up and try something else. Now, did Shurnfire get beaten up a good bit over the weekend? Yeah, he not finally that, Not against Golden Guardians. He was their best no. performer against Golden Guardians. Well, I don't think anyone played particularly well against Golden Guardians. he was Guardians. the best out of that heap of trash. I suppose so. You, but you, you guys are overlooking the most prominent reason why Team Liquid is suddenly falling from grace. What's that? It's the same reason like that CLG did. Oh, it's no. because Joe is rooting for them. Everyone that Joe roots for eventually falls. Let's well, let's let's talk about that for a second because yes, uh, Joe, your former favorite team in CLG also had a tough week. I mean, well, <laughs> when's the last time CLG didn't have a tough week? Now, in their they defense, went to split semifinals last split. They, I suppose so. They got a win this week finally, which was nice. Uh, and then they looked like they were going to have a two and zero weekend before Immortals backdoored them on Monday Night League, which was embarrassing. Yeah. 
that it was, was ridiculous. Uh, Rob, it's your criticism here. You could also argue that teams double lift plays for eventually also fall apart. Well, uh, you follow them everywhere, so uh, so is it me or is it double You're lift? You're poisoning a man. Effect on the you teams. have a curse. Are you really is. trying to say double lift is the problem? I'm saying there's as much a one to one comparison <laughs> as there is for me. Gosh, as, as gosh. He, he meets double lift one time. He's already throwing him under the bus. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh and he didn't even fact. meet him. He was just in the same room as him. <laughs> I got to ask him a question from the distance. All right. You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. And now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it? On Checkpoint XP Radio. With the start of the 2020 Overwatch League came both triumph and defeat. And unfortunately, one of the hosting teams, the hometown heroes, fell in front of their fans. Despite an honorable attempt, the Dallas Fuel went 0-2 in front of their fans, losing to the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Valiant and the San Francisco Shock. But is it going to be enough? Super immediately out of his box. Architect was there, ready and waiting for the field. Only a few more players remaining. They're jumping onto the point. And now Super, he's got the nano boost. He's got the damage. And he's got enough to really just take out the stragglers on the point. And the Dallas Fuel, unfortunately, were not enough to bring down the San Francisco Shock. Man, that's brutal. Losing <laughs> both games, dropping both hometown matches. Do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make your submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. Switching gears here, and Joe, I'm glad you're sticking around for this conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's almost Valentine's Day. We're coming up on Valentine's Day. Oh, very happy you're not a part of this conversation. Uh, I am a part of this conversation. Uh, so, uh, you know what? Just because I'm single doesn't mean that I've never dated anyone. He has experience Thank you, you Norris. From. Uh, listen, so. People have to know what not to do. There is a difficult thing to do. There's a difficult challenge out there in the gamer world. Whether or not your significant other is a gamer or not. And that's introducing your significant other to a game that at one point you loved. Because I can almost guarantee you on the other side of this experience, you probably won't love that game anymore. <laughs> I, I, that happened to me. That no. happened to me with Dark Alliance. I Aww. loved that game. And by the end of it, I hated it. In, in my experience, uh, getting your significant other to play a game with you, whether it's one from the past that you love or trying something new, less is more. I feel like the more you try to convince them, it gives them more chances to potentially hear something that they maybe wouldn't like. So usually what I do is I just let my girlfriend know, hey, I got a new game. I want you to try it out with me. And she'll always sit down and at least give it a shot. Even if she ends up not liking it, she'll just end up sort of watching along and maybe playing a, a, along on her phone or, or whatnot. And sometimes she will get really into it, and the right. next thing I know, she's like, are we playing more of that tonight? Now, that's a good point, but Joe, I specifically wanted to talk to you because you have been trying to get your fiance Sarah, yeah. uh, to play Final Fantasy XI, <laughs> an yeah. MMORPG that is uh, now 12, 13 years old? How old Going is Going on 20 years. Is it 20? 20 oh my years. God. It came it's, out it's, at 01. It's that's 18 right. 18 now or 19 now? Yeah. That's right. It's almost 20 years. Yeah, we are coming up on the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI. What inspired you to try this? So she always likes whenever I talk about the stories of that game because it had some very interesting stories in it. So eventually, I was just I was kind of feeling that craving to sit down and play. You know, Final Fantasy XI is a drug. It's an addiction. Every so often, you have to sate it before you can move on with your life. And she was just kind of like watching me as I was installing it and suggested that she might like to try it at some point. 
And that put me in a really difficult spot because like, I could write a thesis paper on how to properly play that game, but if I overwhelm her with all this knowledge of the game, it's just going to be work to her. She's not going to like it. Yeah, that game is very... Uh, what's dense. A, yes, that's a gr- that's the perfect word yeah. for it. That game is incredibly dense. Yeah, There's is. a lot to learn. There's a lot of specific nuances and intricacies that still play a major role in that game. So what was the experience like? It, I mean, overall, it's been pretty good. I had to kind of learn to just let her make mistakes and do things mm-hmm. wrong because if I sit there and just correct her all the time she'll lose her mind and eventually <laughs> though eventually I got the moment where she's like well wait wouldn't this be a better way to do it and it was like like the moment the, the pride that I felt in my heart where I'm like yes yes that is a better way to do it let's do it that way so, oh, so it's a good moment have any of you other guys tried to like expose your significant other to uh, totally like, one of your favorite games how did it go totally and you guys know I love me some beat em ups yeah. so uh, I've been playing like River City Girls or any of the Kunio Kun style games you know Scott Pilgrim versus the world that kind of stuff yep. and my girlfriend really likes those kinds of games because they're collaborative they're cooperative but also they're also adorable they're also adorable but they're also violent so yeah. <laughs> she could get out those sort of violent frustrations that she has. Uh, the best part of video games. Someone <laughs> other than me. Yeah. I got you. There I see you what you're doing. So, yeah, it, it's it's worked out amazing to the point to where she's like, man, I'm mad that we beat River City Girls so fast. Like, I want us to have another sort of, you know, co-op game that we play. So Robbie, it worked out. real quick, what about you? Uh, the, recently, I've been trying to get her into World of Warcraft. A lot, a lot of, for a lot of the same reasons that, that, that you mentioned, though, Joe. You know, she's been into, like, world building and lore and stuff like that. Yeah. But the big hurdle that I'm running into is that she it's had an, ugly is that she had an ex who tried to get her into MMOs and so now she kind of associates oh. the two oh, no. with that's, one another that's my girlfriend yeah. with League yeah. I can't play League with my girlfriend because yeah. she's like nope I got an ex alright well listen we want to hear from you what are some of the games that you've tried to expose your significant other to connect with us on social media that's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram and when you do make sure you use the hashtag XP on air if you want to spend Valentine's Day with old Nate over here my DMs are open (laughs) at Nate Benderama on Twitter but ahead next a mother has been reunited with her deceased daughter through VR forcing us to ask the question why stick around that's ahead next on Checkpoint XP This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. You know, VR can do some amazing things, but is there a line? Like, is there an ethical line oh, that it's definitely a line, Nate? Uh, I think we found I it. I think we may have found it. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Agbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esports from the perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, or look for Checkpoint XP on campus, wherever you get your podcast. Norris, what do you got coming up this week for us? Well, we got a ton of show. We're going to be talking about Amazon getting involved in the collegiate esports space as well as can niche giant homestands come to college too. Make sure you check it out at CheckpointXP.com. So 
an interesting TV show uh, interesting to say the least happened in South Korea and uh, apparently in this TV show they're studying loss in some shape or form I don't know I don't speak Korean so (laughs) that's a big part of it is I don't I don't I don't understand the full context of this sure sure but the story was posted on kotaku.com about this TV show that uses VR to reunite a mother with the child she lost. Yep, she lost a seven-year-old daughter, uh, uh, and, and 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 this show is focusing on that family's loss. And uh, in the finale of the show, she she goes into VR and is able to interact uh, with uh, you know a, a version of her daughter, complete with like touch-sensitive gloves and, and the VR headset and everything. And it's there's something real unsettling it's visceral it's moving and not for i think any of the right reasons you know like it's un we have a phrase for it in sort of nerd circles it's called the uncanny valley i don't know that it was exactly uncanny valley because it wasn't actually the character model that was like creeping me out because it didn't seem real i just don't know what therapeutic benefit this has like i i I, listen i of course am human i've lost people close to me but i can't think of a scenario where i would want to be able to like like where this would provide closure not to i don't want to mock this mother and no not at all the the trauma and journey she's going through but it feels so like they're being exploited. Yeah, it's invasive. Yes. It's, it's kind of perverse. It, 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 it made me feel the grossest and ickiest of just like, I, why Why would you want to be there I, for that? See, so I, I kind of question it on its fundamental therapeutic basis, but I also really question why would you put this on television? See, that's right? definitely the bigger question because not everyone gets a chance to say goodbye to their loved ones. I understand again, that. Like, like you, I, I can't really comment on that. But I can definitely comment on the fact that I don't think that this needed to be done on TV. Behind closed doors, you know, being monitored by a professional, research purposes, all that, absolutely. But on TV? Now, listen, I've been a part of production crews that are following very difficult, emotionally impactful stories. And there is always a respect that the crew tries to have with their subjects. Like if something pushes them too far, you know, you can usually tell and you can back off. And I have to imagine that in this situation, this couple had been walked through all of the details on what they were recreating. You needed to be able to provide, you know, uh, reference pictures and probably reference audio because they were even able to recreate the daughter's voice, which I mean, is technologically amazing, but in this specific context, uh, just rather creepy. I, I, I'm going to regret saying this. Do you remember a few years ago when uh, the stories of like a lady cloning her dog, right? Her dog died and they cloned it. Yeah, and, and I do of, remember this. Yeah, I it, it weirds me out because it feels very much so like almost cheating a kind of like a big cosmic thing that's happening and like, that was that was my point like i i don't understand how this provides closure it only seems like it elongates the yes, loss process yes. like i'm not a therapist i don't know so it's really difficult for me to know whether or not this actually has therapeutic benefits 
but I'd be interested in hearing about whether or not an actual informed person would think that. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. Uh, we've been talking about uh, this this interesting Korean TV show, but we got to switch gears here. Uh, Weird Beard, I understand that there's something about Animal Crossing that oh, has that has really upset you. It's the... Uh, I See, and we go from talking about something that people should be upset about to something people probably shouldn't be upset about, but I am livid I, I am No, I, I see the actual, like, frustration in you. Your body language, your face, it's it, it speaks volumes. I, Tell, why, what? though? Everyone else is excited about yeah, okay, this no, game. All right, all right, all right. So I'm going to bring you into the world of Weird Beard. In the world of Weird Beard, I am a Nintendo fan. I'm okay. a very large Nintendo kind of guy. I have a kid, man. Like, I want to play games that I can play with an eight-year-old. I can pick it up after work, put it down after 15 minutes, and that's it. Makes sense. So... With the release of Animal Crossing, which, might I remind you, is a children's game. It is. They have now come out talking about what they're going to be doing for the uh, how you can save your game. And Nintendo has a history of being completely anti-consumer. And they have now announced that what you can do with Animal Crossing is you get one town. That's it. it. And that's all it is on your Switch. So if my kid wants to play Animal Crossing and I want to play Animal Crossing, I have to share it with an eight-year-old who doesn't know how to build roads. So, so wait a minute. So... They went the Pokemon method yes. of of game design here. And it's even worse, though, because, like, if I were to just lose my Switch or it gets okay. stolen or it's broken, guess what? It's gone forever. Animal Crossing data into the ether just does not exist anymore. Well, you know, when I had this uh, issue with my girlfriend because she was always playing the Switch and I wanted to play it, I just bought her her own Switch for Christmas. So why don't you just get the kid a Switch? I would rather dropkick her. She would... <laughs> no! Don't touch my stuff. I just don't understand why a game company wouldn't much rather say, hey, guess what? This is a family-designed freaking game. It'd be like, dude, the, the explanation that they gave is they said, oh, well, some people might go online and illegally copy could, items. Could As you, if it's Animal Crossing's the new eSport and you have a <laughs> raccoon team you're putting together. I don't together. know. Based on the people that I've seen that are really excited about Animal Crossing, I would not be surprised if there would be copious amount of duping and cheating is, in the new Animal well, Crossing. Hold, hold on. Is it actually saved to the Switch or to the cartridge? Could you not just buy you know, two two, two copies, of the yeah. games, and you each have your own copy. No, it saves to the Switch. It is hard coded into your Switch. So even mm. if I take, so it's not that- even it's not even the 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 Pokemon route. Yeah, either. this is this is one step. But it does really kind of feel like now that you've explained it, it sort of feels like an attempt to sell more Switch systems. It's because they're coming out with the Animal Crossing Switch itself. It's literally its own thing that they're trying it, to sell. It does actually look pretty cool. It's. It, I'm just so. I'm so front. Why do they do this? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of therapy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Do we need to sign you out? No, what I just want to understand is why do video game companies continually decide that they just want to bone people who buy their stuff? Well, let us know on social media. Why do you think video game companies continually make anti-consumer choices? Why? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make Make sure you use the hashtag XP on air to let us know that you found us on the radio. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what game you thought was a one-hit wonder. Stick around. That's at next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. 
Starting in the Overwatch League, we've got another homestand going down this weekend. The Philadelphia Fusion will be welcoming the Washington Justice, Houston Outlaws, and Florida Mayhem to town. Turning our attention to the spring split of the League of Legends LCS, we've got a stacked weekend of matches. Monday Night League this week has FlyQuest taking on 100 Thieves and Evil Geniuses versus Cloud9. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. And that same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Smash players from all over the country to beautiful Detroit, Michigan. The last weekend in February marks IEM Katowice. In addition to StarCraft II, the tournament also marks the first ESL major of 2020 for Counter-Strike Global Offensive. And as we look towards March, all eyes are on ESL 1 Los Angeles, marking the first Dota ESL major of the year. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. We ask a question every single week over on our social media web pages. Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And we will read your responses. I want to welcome everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 FM in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com. Whether it's our podcast or thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports or some Checkpoint XP merch, it all lives over at CheckpointXP.com as well as new shows, brand new show debuting last week owl's nest featuring our own robbie landis robbie why don't you tell us about uh, owl's nest a little bit right so uh every single week you can find a new episode of the owl's nest comes out on friday where i sit down with jake lyon formerly of the houston outlaws and now a cast of the overwatch league we break down everything you need to know and get you prepared for the action coming in on the weekend check that out over at our webpage checkpointxp.com you can also follow us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter checkpoint underscore xp on instagram so that you can receive Respond to our weekly social media question. This week we were asking you what game you consider a one-hit wonder in gaming. Now, my response to this actually was a bit divisive, and I understand why. Because my game that I consider a one-hit wonder is Kingdom Hearts. Now, of course, it had a bunch of sequels, but none of them were ever quite as good or captured the magic that the first game did. Now, I wasn't even a fan of the first game, but I will give it that it was clever mixing the Square Enix properties and the Disney properties. It was something that no one had ever done before, and there was a huge audience for so I recognize that that was awesome. I have a question. I do not recognize the awesomeness of anything that came after I have a question. Though. What? Was it still Square Soft when they did the first it one? It technically was. It technically was, yeah. yes. And that's why that yeah. one's better than the rest of them. I think as, that might have a reason. You, you, someone, may have been, you may have found it. Yeah, yeah. As someone who's played multiple Kingdom Hearts games, I get where you're coming from. The oh, first I'm sorry. one was. De- Thank you. I know. I deal with it every day. Um, it definitely was the best one out of them, but I think it just depends on how you're classifying it a hit. Because unfortunately, they did all make enough money to you know justify to keep making them. Yeah, um, yeah. My take's also a little hot here. It's technically the third in the series, but I think when you go back and take a look at each of them, The Witcher 3 was the only one that I think really hit a home run with it. I think the first and the second Witcher probably only made it as far as they did because Poland wasn't really putting anything else out. I mean, think about it. Like anywhere. You could be a one-hit wonder even if that 
album that you came out was not your first album. So I think it's fair to say that The Witcher 3 is a one-hit wonder because you're right. I've gone back and tried to play the first Witcher. I don't know why I did that. It's tough. I tried to play the second Witcher. I don't know why I did that. (laughs) But, you know... Did you finish either of them? Absolutely not. I don't think I did did either. No, no. For me, um, it's a game that I actually love very dearly. Uh, That's a one-hit wonder, and that's Animusha. I love Animusha. That's a game I haven't thought about in probably 10 years. However... The first one is the only good one. The second one has nothing to do with the first one. It's completely irrelevant. The third one has Jean Renault in it for some reason. <laughs> and I, it's just completely disjointed. Not to say that I didn't enjoy them as games. Sure. But they're nowhere near the polish and the charm and, and all the good stuff that I love about Animusha. Uh, than the first one. The first w- one's the would best. you guys say that Suikoden was a one-hit wonder? Mm. Or did they have at least two serviceable? Say, two actually, and three were pretty good. Yeah, they actually had three decent ones. Okay. Two, three, and four. four yeah. One, two, and three. Four and really? five. Yeah, four and five bombed hard. Okay. All right, yeah. well, you're listening to Checkpoint XP, our home for eSports and gaming. We're currently going through our social media question. We were asking you this week what you consider a gaming one-hit wonder. So let's take a look at some of the responses coming in. Over social media. I'm going to start with Danny over on Facebook, who actually took what my second game would have been, and uh, she says Undertale wins this by definition of all the indie games. It's literally the biggest indie one hit wonder of all time. I mean, but can you call it a one hit wonder if it hasn't if really it hasn't, hasn't had a sequel? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he, he, he did put out a uh, 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 the the demo that is Delta Rune. Yeah, but I also I don't, don't know think that, that counts. That's a side they are, project. They are working on what the next one is, but I don't think it's ever going to come out. I agree with you. I think it's never coming out. Never. But I don't think you could call that a one one hit wonder. I think somebody put out a really good game and then just didn't make another one. Yeah, I listen, I think that you've got to give it another five years before you can say Delta Rune's never coming out. Alright, well you yeah. know what? This makes a lot more sense than what Joseph said over on Facebook. Anthem. It has to be a good game. Yeah. It has to be a game. How yeah. about we start there, Norris? Uh, listen, EA has even said that, listen, we're going back to the drawing board on Anthem. Uh, objectively, I think, Joseph, bad no, no. So bad answer. Yeah. All right, so Bill over on Facebook says, Duke Nukem 3D. Like all one-hit wonders, it wasn't its first game, but it was the best one, and it keeps okay. trying to get Facts. that feeling back. Facts. Failing horribly. Facts. You know what? Absolute facts. I, that's a pretty good one. That's not bad. That's like, not how bad. How long have people like held on to the dream of Duke Nukem 3D and <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as It's like that series is going to come back and ever be good. It, it's funny because Duke Nukem in a post Me Too era. <laughs> never going to work. Exactly. It's funny because like when you say that and I automatically think like uh, like a dude clinging to Duke Nukem in 2020. But what what slowly came after that was my actual memories of people who were holding on to the Duke Nukem franchise mm-hmm. like a decade ago, mm-hmm. right? And that was actual that that was real. Yes. Like there were dudes that were still like Duke Nukem is the best thing to happen to video games. Oh. Nah, sorry, bro. Oh, imagine having that take. Yeah. Uh, Omega Welltall on Twitter says uh, Einhander on PS One, a great mm-hmm. shmup with a banging soundtrack, but alas. 
Squaresoft only made the one game. Einhander was pretty good. I, I'll I, give you that. I'll, I'll agree with that. One. I'll give you that. I don't know if a sequel was ever planned. I would but say Einhander or like Ikaruga or any of that. There kind was of there was a run of Square Enix games uh, during the PlayStation One era that never got sequels that I just loved. Vagrant Story. Vagrant Story. Oh, uh, here's actually, and I, and I don't want to give credit to this particular guy, but Trash Panda TV says easiest answer: GoldenEye. Perfect when it yep. when it hit. Never been able to reproduce. Yep. that level sense. Yep. You know, GoldenEye is a one-hit wonder, yeah, bro. No I, other James Bond game has been good. Absolutely. That totally qualifies. What about a game like Lost Odyssey? That was a But great, never saw a sequel. It was a great game. It never saw a sequel. I don't think a sequel was ever developed. But, I mean, can you call that a one-hit wonder? I don't see. I think if we're going off the criteria that someone tried to do more with the franchise, I think, yeah, you can't count it. It's just a really good standalone game. Well, uh, uh, regardless of what we think and how we decided to classify it, uh, we actually got a few games that would fall under that premise. We got okay. three or four different people that said Legend of Dragoon. One hit wonder for the IP, but uh, Terry says, I guess not really true for Sony since yeah. they did go on to make plenty of other stuff. It's funny. When people bring up Legend of Dragoon, most people think that Square Enix made that game, which no, they didn't. Sony did. Sony, yeah, it was developed internally by Sony. I, I don't know if that fits the criteria. It's a great answer because there was no sequel. And I don't think there was a plain a sequel. And it was a hit. It was, it was I mean... People our age remember Legend of Dragoon so fondly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, old Man River here says, <laughs> Old Man here, Final Fantasy Tactics. And this this is a unique answer here because obviously Final Fantasy went on to create all sure. types of hits. And Tactics did get sequels it like Tactics did. Advance. But none of them, I think, hit quite like Not Tactics quite did. a sequel. That is the original game. Ported with extra story. Uh, was Tactics uh, Tactics Advance Two was a thing? I think there was there was definitely another Tactics game that was uh, that had some connection to Tactics. Yeah, but, but either but way, never quite. I agree. Up. It's I, a one hit wonder. Either way, and I want Square Enix to stop trying to make Evilise a thing. And I disagree because I think that Tactics is a horrible game. But we're gonna have to leave it right there. Make sure you follow us on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week's social media question. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint. Underscore XP on Instagram. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles in the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment producing by Norris Howard, producing and booking out from Chad Callahan, Vermin Extermination by Weird Beer. And of course, my co-hosts, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's A. Bender. Keep listening.